And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one year ago, Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. How do y'all? Fellas, we can't forget we're bringing this from the Homefield Studios. Enter in Variety Sports at checkout for first time purchase gets 15% off. So appreciate Variety Sports having us in house on network and then also Homefield being a sponsor to help get us the show. Oh, week. Two, <laughs> y'all wanted to title this Show Me. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, 19, or Mizzou Tigers, 23. Y'all rat game, so I'll let y'all take off. I mean, we're to start on that one. So let's uh, let's first talk about the, the, the vibes were off from the beginning. At least it felt like that with uh, – the offense's shaky start, which I don't even want to say shaky because I think we were running the ball down their throat. And then, uh, man, Brady Cook looked shook in that first drive. Uh, no accuracy. Throwing, I thought I threw a ball away at one point, and my people next to me were like, no, that was that was just a really overthrown pass. Um, so it was kind of a rough, a rough start from the beginning, and it just – it. I don't know about you, Cole, but it just it felt bad there the whole time we were in that stadium. I was I was happy to see us not punt, not go three and out. Um, you know, within the first three plays. Yeah, we started running the ball well. Uh I will say when when we did not complete that deep shot to Luther, kind of, you know, immediately let a little bit of wind out of my sails. But I was like, you know what? First series, right? Um, don't, no big deal. We get get a chance to see the defense and uh, I don't don't know if you want a whole game recap or not Skeeter, but I know we're going to go over it all, but yeah, the initial environment, 57,000, 57,000 plus is the attendance. So 57,645. Yeah. It's almost, you know, largest crowd since 2019. Yeah. So good crowd. That's not true. They tweeted that or Gabe tweeted that, but that was wrong. We had 60 K plus twice last year. Okay. Mm. He no, okay. He, he, he came back like four hours later. I was like, I'm wrong. But yeah. Okay. Good on you, Gabe. Um, but yeah, great crowd. Um, I'm not a fan of the whiteout. I'll just you don't like the whiteout. Nope. Don't like it. I liked it. Not I thought it looked good. It's a it's a th- we're black and gold. It's a I have a lot color. of white Mizzou jerseys though, so for me, it's really my time to shine. It is. It is. <laughs> and I mean, you know, again, if everybody does it. I, I reluctantly wore gold during the Tiger Stripe game just because I was like, you know what? I guess I won't be that guy. But there was, you know, little specks of gold and all that stuff. But we're not here to talk about uniforms. We're here to talk about the ball game. So, okay, I'm going to start off with a few notes that I have down. I don't, I don't know how it was in stadium, in case you kind of alluded to it there, but here it is once again. Eli Drinkwitz, game two, and it just came across the screen like, where's the energy? Uh, I don't know. And, you know, this this game is a great trap game because they're already talking in the post-game pressers about K-State, how bad they want it. So were, were our players overlooking Middle Tennessee State and didn't have everything down? To me, that still falls back on Drinkwitz and the coaching staff. But was was the energy, the vibe from 
the sidelines and the players, did it seem like it was there to you all? I mean, it seemed like they had energy. It wasn't like their heads were down ever, you know. Um, they were doing a good job of getting up and make, you know, kind of pumping the crowd up on defense when we needed it. Um, yeah, I mean, the sideline felt fine, and the, you know, it. I don't. Did you get the idea they were flat down there, Cole? No, no. I think the uh, I think the team was was there to play. You know what I mean? It wasn't any kind of like. Typically, you see the bench, you know, kind of trying to hype up the crowd, but yeah. And I don't know if that's just for smaller crowds that they've seen. You know, when they when they look up in the stands and they're whatever it is, ninety two or ninety five percent full, and you know the hills packed out and it's a it's a nighttime game. I think you know the crowd's usually pretty into it, and it all so. it all to me personally, those first couple drives on both sides of the ball set the. You know, set the tempo, the momentum, the attitude for the game, and it—it just—I don't know. There wasn't, there wasn't any. Had they connected on that deep ball to Luther, place would have erupted, uh, but they didn't. So it's kind of like, oh man, what are we, what are we getting into, kind of deal. And mm-hmm. historically, Middle Tennessee State has given us trouble. I told a coworker that today. That I don't. I, <laughs> With Pinkle and then uh, homecoming loss, uh, what was it, 2016? Yep. I was at that game. Then yesterday. So what I'm saying, like energy, like I mainly saw it offensively. After plays, Lyman's just kind of standing around and moping back to the huddle, you know. It it just didn't – I didn't see the reaching down and pulling up. And it may have just been my energy was off because I, I, did, I wasn't seeing the play that I wanted. So, uh, you know, Case, you, you said last week you're, you were worried it's the same play calling as last year. Like if you went in a coma and you didn't know we brought in Kirby Moore, you never would have known we had offensive coordinator. I felt the play calling changed yesterday as far as passing game. We went moved away from the bubble screens a little bit. Luther had that one what was it, third and 13 bubble screen, and he, he carried half of the Middle Tennessee, State, Middle Tennessee State defense on his back that was good. But they were they were calling the shots downfield and had receivers open, just Brady didn't have the accuracy in that first quarter. So Brady didn't have the accuracy, but also um, I don't – I don't think the, org- the offense felt organized to me the entire entire game, honestly. I mean, I think there was a few parts in the third quarter where I did feel like they were kind of getting rhythm. I felt like they never had rhythm, and I felt like they were never, as a unit, organized, uh, you know, and like what they're doing on the field there. So I say that because um, I don't think they were really being lazy. I don't think they were, like, no energy. I think they just didn't always know where they needed to be. Uh, there was multiple times where Brady had gotten the defense to jump off sides, but Tolson mm-hmm. didn't set the ball in time. Uh, Tolson snapped the ball multiple times when Brady wasn't ready. Uh, we can give Brady crap because of that heinous safety he made, but uh, he also sna- got caught a few snaps he wasn't even looking for. So, you know, do that. Um, offensive line never picked up blitzes all night, and we know Middle Tennessee is a blitzing team. That's what they're known for. So the play calling was different, sure, but... Um, it still didn't seem like it fit what Middle Tennessee does. You know what I'm saying? It's and it's funny to say this because I think it's kind of widely known when a team is known for bringing the house, a screen pass is your best friend. And 
we didn't do we didn't run screens last night when that might have been the best play call, you know. Um, yeah, it, 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 it didn't feel like anyone prepared for this game, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was almost like they realized, you know, the, the team almost treated this somewhat like a dress rehearsal for for K-State that they were going to try a couple new things, get a couple new things on film for, you know, for K-State to watch uh, in preparation this week. And it's almost like they were trying to get into that kind of momentum and and get some mojo going and get a couple scoring drives or at least, you know, flip the field, so to speak. Uh, But the execution just was not there. And so that leads to, okay, well, we want to, we want to practice this, right? You know, in-game, live in-game. We want to go through some of these plays and, and see how the defense reacts and see how Cook reacts to reading the defense, see how the O-line picks up to picking up the blitz and, you know, calling audibles and all that stuff. But holy crap, we're, it's a six-point game against Middle Tennessee State in the third quarter and something, this, this just ain't right. Um, yeah. So I think it's a little bit of I think it's a little bit of both those things. <sighs> they better figure something out. I'm but, one quick thing I want to add to that, and I'll I'll shut about this. I agree with you, Cole, that they kind of maybe took that dress rehearsal approach, but I'm not saying Middle Tennessee should be in like the SEC and competing with us or anything, but they're not a team that you need to take that lightly. They beat Miami last year. They're known for taking off P5 schools. That's not the hell Jake Garcia started for Miami when they lost to Middle Tennessee. But that's not, this isn't a team, this is an FCS team, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly, I think that's bad. I, I think that's bad coaching if that is what they did. And that, that should be something we look at when we're like, why? That's, this is not the team for that. This is not the t- place for that. So I just kind of add that in there because if, if that is true, which I don't think you're wrong, man, that's, that's really something we got we to think about. Well, I'll I'll add in where you where you talk about they never found rhythm. Well, from the second quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter, there was an offensive rhythm there. Uh, they went punt, punt, field goal. Uh, good job, Harrison Mevis, Get, getting off the offer. But punt, touchdown, 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 and then the questionable punt up twenty three ten. Uh, fourth and one yes. on the Middle Tennessee State 44. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that here in a minute. And then terrible safety, and then it was run out the clock uh, to close the game out where their offensive possessions. So uh, really, you know, you look at it, and the first two possessions, we ran the ball decent. Brady was missing throws. Then when Brady started hitting the throws, that's when we offense started moving. Go figure it. Quarterback actually – <laughs> hit your hit your receivers, you score points. It's crazy uh, how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of if we go back a year ago, one of Case's favorite insights there is score more points, win more games. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Big but, if true. Yeah. Uh, you know, the biggest concern for me out of the game is the defense. We we bring back so much talent from last year. Bring him uh, SEC, you know, starting safety for Florida. Uh, ACC starting safety for uh, Florida State. And, I mean, Chuck Hicks played decent last night. You wonder, 
do all these runs break for Middle Tennessee State? Does containment get broke with Chad Bailey on the second level instead of Chuck Kicks? You know, I, I was wondering, okay, are, are we missing Chad Bailey now? But uh, that's something we'll see here hopefully soon. But, man, that defense just, you know, last week, first drive of the second half, you, they held him out of the scoring with the uh, sack by Burks on that drive, but it was how many, 14 plays and nine minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just just the laws, uh, attention to detail, I feel like. And and some of it, I don't know if it, if it was that way for y'all, Case, you were probably sitting on the side. Uh, Cole, you're on the end zone, so you, you might have saw it kind of where I did as far as from the TV angles, but it looked like we had some bad angles and missed tackles yesterday. Go ahead, Case. No, go ahead. Well, I'll say, you know, I touched in week one how um, I didn't want, I didn't want any explosive plays. And for the most part, they, they did an okay job. I think I, I want to give credit. I don't want to like bash Middle Tennessee State because I wouldn't be surprised if, those jokers going to win eight or nine games this year. Like the, that team, year, yeah. yeah, that team's pretty darn talented and well coached. Um, I mentioned in week one how you know a hole would open up, and before the running back could even get to that gap, that there were you know four or five black jerseys there to, you know, to greet him. I didn't, I didn't see as much of that this time, and I don't know if that was some of the offensive scheme that they ran. It did seem like they went you know, four and five wide fairly often, kind of spread the defense out. And I think that we were also kind of experimenting with maybe some different personnel packages. Um, Niles Gaddy had a great game. Yeah. Great game. Two sacks, and he was all over the place and playing like his hair was on fire. Um, other than that, you know, D-Rob had a great game too. D-Rob had a couple tackles for loss and, there was one drive in specific, in specific uh, that that I believe his name was called like four or five times in a row, you know, getting stops either at or behind the line of scrimmage. So I I don't know what it was. I, like I said, I think it, it may have been a little bit of a combination of a couple things. You know, their quarterback was all over the place. I think people were like, you know, this is like, <laughs> you know, group of five Pat Mahomes running around out there just extending plays and, and – making guys miss and then you know our defense may not have been may not have been prepared for that maybe bama covered that way better than we did so our defense wasn't wasn't expecting it i think i think uh sorry no i was going to say there i like i agree gaddy was actually really impressive me on there um but i don't know missed tackles were a little bit thing for me for me it was uh not reading the play at all um, and there's multiple times they'd roll that quarterback out and they would wait. They, you know, they'd wait for a see what we're going to do. Our linebacker would come down, you know, try to blitz quarterback every single time. And he would just dunk it right over the top mm-hmm. 10 yard game. They, yep. they, I felt like I saw that play a thousand times. Let's talk about third down. If I hear that, if I hear that like alarm bell, they do every time on third down one more time, like I might throw up, like it was haunting my dreams last night. Because I felt like every time I looked up, we were on a third down, first down. Third down, they get a first down. Third down, they get a first down. It was constant. They could not get off the field at all. And it wasn't even half. like it wasn't even like third and short. 
Like it was third no, they're like third and eight every time. Yeah. yeah, between third and six, third and eight, third and twelve, they could convert that as well. Um, could knock it off the field. That quarterback played really well. I want to give him his his due. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was a nobody out there. I think that guy can play really well. Hell, I'd I'd take him in the portal in a heartbeat. He, um, he can play in a lot bigger conference than Conference USA, I believe. I, yeah, yes. I think so. Him and his receiver, he had a couple of receivers that we, we could take as well. Um, but and no, fourth I, downs. I converted. Yeah, two three. Out of three, two yeah. Out of three. Three. And again, I'm not trying to act like you know, like this guy is a Heisman or anything, but I think he really is a good quarterback, mm-hmm. and I think he may our defense can still be pretty good and get beat by a pretty good quarterback, like. He beat us multiple times. He made throws to the sideline. Brady Cook does not make. He is allowed as fast as Brady Cook, but he uses legs extremely well as a weapon. Um, he's a really complete quarterback, and I think he did just beat us multiple times. And I don't know, you got to tip your hat to a guy on that like that, I guess. Uh, we'll do. see. We'll, going down the road, we'll see how bad that is for us. You know, if we're getting beat by their quarterback, what's K State's quarterback going to do? What's Tennessee's quarterback going to do to us? What's you know what I'm saying? But man, I think a lot to me was they just. They didn't read and react well, in my opinion. Well, but I, I know um, there was one drive where it was third and eight in the fourth quarter, and the camera, I believe, was behind the Mizzou bench or that side of the field, and there were trips to that side with receivers. We only had two defensive backs over there, and they were eight, nine yards off the line. And so we were mismatched and so far back, a quick read. He took three steps and got the ball out of his hand and they were already at the first down. So uh, some of that was, was questionable alignment uh, of Coach Baker and that staff. Hopefully, hopefully all these problems we're talking about are fixable. Uh, I do want to talk about one thing as far as offensive line. Gave up four sacks, seven tackles for loss. Uh, Brady had three passes deflected. And Drinkwitz said after the game, we're not going to run the same personnel out there. It's not status quo. So four sacks is too much and expect to see changes. Uh, You know, Foster is probably our most looked at as – solid foundation across that line, but he got beat some yesterday. Uh you look like a turnstile. I don't I don't really know there wasn't one spot that I felt just played really good across the line. I felt they all had their times where they weren't good. As a unit they were not solid. Uh so I'm interested to see what comes out in those changes this week. Yeah, I am too. I was wondering who could fill in there, but do you guys think it's weird how well they zone run, but how poorly they get out and like run athletic passing offense? Like we can zone run, we get out, we pull, we blow guys up, they get downfield very well, like extremely well. But then you let Brady Cook get out there and his athletic, you know, roll out plays, and it's like their feet are concrete all of a sudden. And it's, you guys tell me what's the on this. Is that is that them? Or is that scheming, or is that scheming or coaching? Because I think he, it, I think it's a couple like scheming. things. I think it's a couple things. I think when they're you know whether they're doing a, a toss sweep or you know hitting you know between the guard and tackle on a on a zone run, I think p- 
part of that why it looks so successful. I mean, our, our running backs do a pretty decent job, especially Pete. Pete does a great job of getting outside, finding a gap, and and hitting it and getting to the next level. When when we're rolling out trying to do a boot or something like that, it's almost like there's it's almost like there's too much going on for both the offensive line to make sure that you know we're not we're not missing a, a late blitzer or there's a, there's a stunt on or something along those lines. And then Brady's trying to roll, make sure that, you know, he's not getting chased and, and read his, his check to, you know, his progress, read through his progression is what I'm trying to get at. I think that's probably two of the main things in my personal opinion that, you know, our running backs do a pretty good job of finding, finding a hole, getting to the next level. And it's after they make contact, I'd like to know what our yards after contact is, because I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere in the two to three yard range. But when it comes out to, you know, rolling out and, and Brady hitting the next guy or, you know, Sam or whatever, I mean, Sam, Sam threw a pick, um, whether or not people to believe it was his fault or the receivers, that's, you know, it's debatable, but I, I think that's got to be part of it, right? I think some of it, to me, it looks like they play timid. A guy gets a little bit behind them and our guys almost pull back and, are they so scared of getting a holding penalty? That, like, well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably equally gonna, frustrating. Is coach going to get onto them that bad for a holding over giving them a sack uh, that they just give up? I don't. I don't really know on that aspect of it. And that's all just assumption. Which I guess we're podcasts. That's what we're supposed to do is get into the assumptions and give hot takes. Because uh, <laughs> either way, you're beat. Whether you give up a holding call or you know you get a whole holding penalty called on you, not or you every give up hold, a sack. Not every hold is called, right? Every sack right. is a sack, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and where's the time? North had the one drop, and I think he had a catch a little bit earlier in the game. But where where's the tight end in this offense still? Man, and that um, one Norfleet catch, and then that towards the end zone, I really liked. Like that was too. that was a good play. That was, that was right a good front read of you. by Brady. That was a good route. I was like, that's exactly what we need to see more of. Yeah, yeah. And drew a drew a targeting penalty on it too. I mean, I like that play yeah. design. You know, the a late uh, kind of a late boot, late rollout. You know, the tight end stays in the block for a second, and slips out, and it's a you know a little three yard completion that turns into a. Seven, eight, nine, ten yard gain. It's one of the most simplest play right write ups in the in the game, but it's worked for decades now, so there's no reason for us not to implement it more. It's a good play to get you into the red zone. Yeah. Like if you're just outside, just inside midfield and you need to get into the red zone, run one of those. Guys have made careers doing that. <laughs> Chase Kaufman. Yeah. Chase Kaufman's really good at that. Exactly. I'm I'm looking I mean, really I don't recall any other tight end plays other than those two right there. I saw him drop in the target. Yeah. I mean Luther had I think Luther had half of Brady's completions, didn't he? Eight, eight or nine? He had eight. Brady only had fourteen completions. Okay. So two three. We lined, we lined Stevens <laughs> at a wide receiver one time. That was weird. Yeah. I watched that and I was like, what it was it was a run play. He was out there for blocking, but I was like, you just tell the whole defense what's happening. Jaden Chertigan had one catch for thirteen yards. That's another true freshman tight end, right? No, Jaden Jernigan's a lineman. Yeah, D-tackle, D-lineman. You're getting some bad stats there. 
Oh, this is ESPN. <laughs> well, doesn't mean anything. I did see that a couple times on Twitter, and I didn't know if people were. Why is it saying that? Was it Josh Manning? Yeah, it was a zero. Josh Manning. What's the, the same uh, number? What's the other? There, there's another true freshman. Harris. Uh, the Arkansas kid. I don't. I don't know. I don't okay, recall. Well, I don't. I, would, I feel like I would have Harris was in game. a lot. Okay, yeah, we, maybe we, we would know. I don't know. The tight end, yeah. He even got hurt at one point, so it wasn't him. I um, have to get up with my daughter throughout a couple points in the game, so I may have missed that. I don't know. I, did I didn't see, see that. I, I did see Ennis Rextral limp off the field, not putting any weight on a leg. Uh, did he come back in? Did y'all catch that? Yeah, I saw it, but I'm I am like ninety nine percent sure I saw him in that final drive. So he is was back. A bang up play and. Yeah, because that happened to Jaden Jernigan at one point as well. Because he was right in front of me doing some stretches on a bike with a, the trainer or the, <laughs> the defensive lineman. Uh, so I mean, I think a, a few guys that happened too. Jordan Harris, yeah, that's that's the yeah Harris, the tight end from Arkansas. I don't know if that's the guy that got the catch or not. <laughs> it, I think it was. He played fullback multiple times last night too. Okay, uh, but you know. We, I feel we have more athletic tight ends, right? In horse camp, we saw his speed on his touchdown catch. And, uh, and you feel like we get some legs worked in because Luther, Theo, they're getting the attention. Uh, I am disappointed. Mookie Cooper, you know, we heard a lot of, a lot of coach talk coming through fall camp about how he trusted the process and, He's showing out in fall camp. We haven't seen it translate to a game yet. Uh, Dennis Jackson, the transfer from Ole Miss. I don't really recall him in a game yet. He's been in the game quite a bit. Well, I'm saying it plays that stick out. No, he, can I can I can I mention Dennis real quick? Yeah, because I don't know if you guys do this as well, but sometimes there's players that you randomly pick out and you follow a lot. Dennis is one of those guys for me. So we played two home games. I've sat in the same seats. I kept a good eye on him. He has gotten in on a decent amount of plays, and he gets open. But Jan- Dennis is a, is a long, stretch the field speed guy. And if, if Sam Horn did it twice last week where he just didn't look at him when he was downfield. One was wide open. One was like single coverage. One was wide, wide He's Number open. 11, isn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah. And he came in a bunch this week, and he got open, but – no one seems to look his way, and I I don't know why that is, but he runs good routes and he's open and he's not on a lot. I'm not saying he's ready to play, but he gets rotated in, and no one seems to really look at him. So I think that's interesting. But Danis is out there; he's doing things. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, receiver can only do his part. Yeah, I mean, it takes the offensive line and the quarterback <laughs> to to help get him the ball. So the other two notes that I have down. Uh, Talk about run carriage or run carries distribution. Cody Schrader had 23 carries for 3.7 yards average. I think it was like 84 or something. Brady had 12 carries for 0.4. I think it was negative 0.4, but I know the sacks and like the last drive go in into that where he's running around trying to kill the clock. Nathaniel Pete, only eight carries, but averaged 6.4 a carry, then he had the uh, one reception for, what, 49 yards where he came out of the backfield and 
their guys and cycle out of the blitz and go with him so he's wide open. But man, you got you'd like to see a little bit more even uh, among the carries there, especially with Pete averaging six point four. And Drink said that in his pressure said we got to work on getting Nathaniel the ball. And then I feel Brady. This is how it's coming across on TV. Some of the sacks, I feel Brady is slow in his decision-making. Some of the throws he makes are, it feels like, man, if you would have got it a half second or a second sooner, you know, wouldn't have been as contested or, or whatnot. Is he being held to the same standard from Eli Drinkwitz that Sam Horn and the rest of the quarterbacks are? Because Sam Horn got his ass chewed on camera on the sideline coming off the field on his first drive last week. And it was he missed a read. How many reads have we seen Brady miss? Yeah, I I you, I agree with you. I think there's that's kind of weird to me. I don't I don't, he has no reason to be favored one over the other, but I I wouldn't know why he'd be doing that, but I, I do sense that a little bit as well. Gosh, dude, I I don't know. I just I just want solid, competent quarterback play. I, now, I don't care who it is. I don't care. I Hold don't. The same standard. I really don't. Hold the same standard. Put Jaden Jernigan out there. We've been talking <laughs> about him a lot. I don't care. Blame it all of them positions on the field. <laughs> um, I'm actually I'm having highlights playing below me because I wanted to refresh while we were talking. Um, man, I don't. I agree with that, but but also Brady did come alive late in the game. He did, and it, he it has some good like, series right there. Yeah, yeah, he does. But I I won it for four quarters. Yes. I well, the first quarter was, was terrible. He right. looked terrible. You take his uh, you take his first great. You take his first five passes from yesterday and put them up against Sam Horn's five passes he got last week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the quarterback competition's over with. And it's a fucking no. crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh but I I do agree that we gotta pick our guy. We gotta get reps with one unit. The one thing, you know, last week, last Tuesday, Drinkwitz, when he announced Brady as the starter, said Sam's going to see still reps in every game. We're going to try to get him out there every game. <laughs> well, you can't be locked in a dogfight in Middle Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? You got a four-point game with three minutes left. And we had the ball it, up 23 to 10. Yeah, okay. Skeeter, thank you. That's what we were ready to say. <laughs> you had a chance. We should have closed it out. Yeah, because uh, let's talk about I don't, the whole SEC struggled as a whole uh, on Saturday, and a lot of them were playing teams like us, you know, those, those kind of like uh, mm-hmm. G fives. But everyone else, when they got to that point where like they'd started to get the tide their way, they put it, in, they put it in the you know third, fourth gear, fifth gear, and they took off. We just like a cat with a mouse, kept letting it come back, and you know having to fight with it a little bit. So. Yeah, that's a good point. That was the point in the game where we should have gotten one more score, one more stop, one more score, and then maybe it's cruise control. You can put you can put whoever the hell you want in quarterback. Let's see some reps, you know? But that is a consistent thing I've noticed about our teams is we can never complete the kill. Play it safe. Yes. Playing not to lose will usually get you beat. Speaking of, I sent this to you guys earlier in our in our group chat. Uh, Bill Connolly, ESPN underscore Bill C on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. So far in 2023, Mizzou has punted on fourth and one from its own 45, 
fourth and one from the opponent's 44, fourth and two from its own 40, fourth and two from its own 41, fourth and three from the 50. One of four teams, we are one of four teams, to not attempt a fourth down conversion yet. Middle Tennessee State scored 14 points and had 60% of their yards after two of these conversions. What happened to Drinkwitz and why is he so I don't know. Gun shy. <laughs> he was, he was not this guy when he came here. No. This is not him at all when he came here. No. And so what's happened? I don't know, man. I believe Gabe or somebody over at Paramazoo even wrote an article. I I don't have that access, but I saw where they tweeted it out today that, you know, Drinkwitz come out guns a blazing and kinda cocky on his play calling in 2020 and where has that gone so that almost just that almost got me intrigued to go to the power mizzou well these two the bullet, but i haven't <laughs> these two previous opponents these are those are the games that you you go through your your fourth down you don't bring out the third yeah. string quarterback and and fake like you're gonna you know get them to jump off sides or run a quarterback sneak or like we did with making last year that's you know, we didn't we do it last year. Making? Is that why we're not? That's doing why. It? That's exactly why. Yeah, he's playing baseball. Now, I remember. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I don't know, dude. And these past two opponents, these are the games that you want to see. Those fourth down conversions keep the momentum going. You kill the clock. You don't give them the ball back, especially with this new, you know, TV rules and TV timeout format. And you know, that was all the talk in week one. So you would think that you would want to try and capitalize that and. Give your offense the most opportunity you can. You're at home. You're at home. Fourth and one from midfield. You should be able to get a yard. To me, it's not, it's not even so much this game and situational of this game. As far as winning the ball game, the punt's the safe call. But when we get to step up in competition, there's going to be that time, and it, it only had to be fourth down. It could be third and short late in the ball game and we need to pick it up we're down it I, and i agree with you and you got to get these you got to get the end game reps now right for when it when you really got to have it later in the year because you got to have that coaching tape to be able to put up on the board and say hey guys and then you can you can figure out what works and what don't work but i mean you can imagine that had we lost yesterday and in the post game press conference these reporters would have been like Hey, coach, fourth and one from uh, from opponents, 44, 45 yard line. You decide to punt with three minutes left. Had they gone down, score a touchdown, then we're down. You know what I mean? And then offense was stagnant most of the game. Can you imagine how much more irate people would be today and, and last night and today and probably the rest of the week, maybe even the rest of the season? Had to have, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's. Well, yeah, but. I mean, it's it's been shown statistically that going for it on fourth down and anywhere past your opponent's your forty uh, is the right play. Like it's correct. Like you know, the football nerds have gone over that time and time again. So like that's always gonna be a part of it. I get it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I am saying though, statistically, it's a better move to go for it in a situation. And I mean, hell, if that happened, I don't think we would have lost the game. I, th- I think, honestly, we would have gotten the yard, you know, as long as we didn't false start or get a holding call or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you do punt. You know then I mean? you do punt, yeah. And then the decision's made for you at that point. Um, 
but I mean, that's I think it's just it's smart football to go for it there. I guess, man. Keep keep in mind the pun is not that big of an issue if we don't have the fumble out the back of the end zone on the safety, the following possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that play alone made the game look a worse and a lot more tense at the end than what it should have been. Because at, at the point of punting the ball, we were up 13 points. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly how much time was left on the clock. I think it was about eight or nine minutes, if I'm not mistaken. But you still – you go for the kill there. I mean, that that would be ideal from the fan standpoint. I don't have $6 million riding on the line like uh, – $6 million riding on the line like Drinkwitz does. Uh, so he's got to go to sleep with that. But you know what <laughs> – kind of crossed my mind. What if he's sitting there at his house right now Smoking a cigar, drinking his diet, thinking he's got a fourth and one so magical at who we're playing. We're going to get that, you know, next week against K-State. We don't need to put it on tape and show them this week. But this is going to work. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you got to something to prove. You got a fan base you got to prove it to right now because even though, we're, even though we're 2-0, First time in what five years we're two and zero. It don't feel like it. I agree. I like the ugly wins. We've we've seen the Mizzou teams in the past that we're talking a loss right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll take the wins because we still have the whole season in front of us. Everything's still obtainable. Skeeters eleven and one, <laughs> backdooring into the national championship is still a possibility. Yeah. It is. The vibe's not there right now, though. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> so we're more uh, we're more down right now, beating Middle Tennessee State than we were losing a close one to Georgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're riding pretty high after Georgia. Fellas, recap. I think this is about going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we're going to do two episodes. We're going to the same night, and then if it comes out later on the Tuesday conference and the uh, coaches show, then we'll probably jump on record and add to it on Wednesday. But uh, so if y'all are watching this on YouTube and you see us on the next episode released on Wednesday or Thursday, I promise it's literally five minutes apart. It's not like we're wearing the same clothes (laughs) all week. So don't, I still look just as tired. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Y'all have anything else on the recap you want to add in? Uh, let's hope they have a good. Let's hope they have a good week of practice. <laughs> Coming up. Let's hope so. Anything else, Case? No. All right. So Tigers two and zero uh, with the twenty three nineteen win over Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Y'all, we will see y'all later in the week. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care.